opinions voiced in Investing Simplified with Bo Caldwell are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial or tax advisor prior to investing. Investors cannot invest directly in indexes. The performance of any index is not indicative of the performance of any investment and does not take into account the effects of inflation and the fees and expenses associated with investing. Guests on Investing Simplified are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Price Financial Group Wealth Management We do investing simplified Welcome into Investing Simplified. If you're just now joining us, thank you for making us a part of your day. As a reminder, you can get past episodes of our show or if you missed pieces today, we were spitting golden knowledge of, you know, simplifying your investing life and you'd like to like to review that, you can get those episodes on our website at pricefg.com. You can also go anywhere you can get podcasts. We do replay the show as a podcast every week, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast listening uh, things from. If you, one of the things, Matt, um, that we wanted to talk about today, we were you know talking about it before the show started, was the numbers that you know a big scare number, and you know we yeah. we talk about let's go through things that have been keeping people up at night. Hopefully, to you know assuage their assuage assuage. I'm not really sure how to pronounce that. Me but, neither. Um, to <laughs> to let to, like yeah to lessen their fears mm-hmm. or lessen the th- things that have been you know concerning them. And and one of those things, the big the big you know um, talking point you know, has been, and and I think will continue to be at least in the near future. But is inflation right? And right. Uh, people are vi- understandably very worried about inflation because the you know we keep printing you know money you know you know the adage is we're printing money but the fed keep is keeping interest rates artificially low they're buying back continuing to buy back treasuries and they're sending out stimulus payments we're sending out monetary payments to ordinary citizens and unfortunately that you know it has caused a big fear of inflation running rampant and i think it behooves us first to talk about the concept of inflation, and then we can kind of cover some of the measurements that people use, yeah. right? Yeah, I think I think it's important to bring it up. I mean, it's hot off the press off of uh, all the news networks because inflation, um, as it's represented by CPI, which we'll talk about, Consumer Price Index, each month it uh, it's given to us, you know, provided yeah. to us, and then, you know, all the news media talk about it. Now, if it's low or the same... They just kind of dust it on the carpet and yeah. move on. It's like um, any of the other numbers that come This out, most right? recent one came in uh, quite high, over 4%. So it's been all over the news. But one thing that, um, before you jump into me explaining yeah, yeah. it, I had a interaction with a client and we were doing a financial plan and we we're talking about, you know, this particular person, uh, he's uh, 45 years old and wanted to retire maybe around 65, 66, mm-hmm. somewhere mm-hmm. in that range. And we said, um, you know, currently spending $30,000 net of taxes. And then we inflate things here. Usually try to use about a 2.5% number as a mm-hmm. sure. rule of thumb. And so if you were to take a wild guess, what is an equivalent of $30,000 today in, I guess, 20 years or so? So 30000 today, 2.5% 20 years from now? Well, hold on. I don't know. Uh, 47000 
It was 60. 60. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, so I could have made, I guess, so I should have, yeah, well, because you think about the real Just a, right around there. No, yeah. plus and minus. Now, you know, if you have a calculator, you can do the math. But but it was pretty interesting to see, because um, this particular person, you know, we're, we're, we're doing a plan, and, you know, they're starting to save money, and so it will help. Yeah. But moving, uh, you know, starting from scratch, and, and this is something I wanted to talk about um, one of our segments later is, the sooner you start saving, right, yeah, the compounding compound interest, helps. Yeah. Now, in your mid-40s, completely okay. You still have got plenty of time, but it's just a different effect that if you start it you know, early, you, you, yeah, you've used the analogy of, of, hey, set some money aside at 20 and then set some money away all the way till 30 and then yeah, don't, yeah. don't touch it again versus you know that whole analogy which we can get into. But the key point being inflation is there. It's going to stay. Uh, it's it's always been around. Yeah. And Year over year, we don't feel like it's moving much sometimes. Although, I did just fill up my car with some gas, and those prices seemed oh, they're really higher. high. But there's there's um, other factors that yes, have gone into that course. too. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, year over year, you know, it's two percent. Okay, that doesn't feel as much, you know. But uh, if you compound that, it it starts adding up. So, when you're planning for retirement, that is yeah. one of the biggest factors you have to make sure you keep in mind. You have to make sure your money today is going to be, you know, inflated because a dollar today, you know, uh, I guess would be $2 20 years from now. At this Conceivably. Yeah. Well, so that's, so that's a good, you know, good way yeah. to segue into the concept of inflation because when people hear the word inflation, right, you think of inflating a balloon or inflating, right. you know, something that's filled with air and, you know, the word is thrown around a lot, but conceptually, like you said, it's, it's really hard to see it. Not, well, I guess it shouldn't say it's really hard. Oftentimes, you don't see it on a year-over-year basis, right? The stuff costs very similar to what it cost before, um, the year before. But the analogy that I like to use is that my grandfather paid more for his uh, last car than he did for his first house, right? Wow. And it, it, if you really think about it, it makes a lot of sense, right? Because what's, what are cars, even base model you know, cars, you go out and try to find a Honda Civic, you know, a Toyota Corolla, a Ford Focus, you know, these base model cars are in the 30, you know, you're talking $25,000, $30,000 to pay for a brand new car. And he definitely bought his first house for less than that, right? And you, you think about over time, like you said, the compounding effect, it can be positive when we talk about savings, which we'll talk about later, but it, it's ne- quite negative when you talk about inflation and that things cost so much more over time. And the key is to be prepared for it and to not panic about it, right? So we we talked about inflation in the grand scheme that, you know, when you're planning for retirement, that's one of the biggest financial termites, one of the biggest financial, you know, things eating away at your retirement plan that people worry about, but they don't think about. And that's the cost of inflation. And, you know, things go up over time. And the measurement that the Bureau of Labor and Management Statistics, right, you know, all the, all the, uh, all the acronyms right. we're going to use, BLM and then different BLM than most people are used to seeing for the last you know little while but the the Bureau of Labor Management Statistics they come out they use that CPI like you said the consumer price index that they use to measure inflation year over year month over month right and they like you said they do measure it um at period to period and they look at it's made up of several different components but it's the idea behind it is to see how much consumers are paying for things, but I'm going to kind of go through the components in there, nice. which are, you know, food and beverages, housing, apparel, transportation, medical care, recreation, 
education, communication, and then they lump other goods and ser- other goods and services into the last little bucket. The key there that I hear and what really jumps out at me when you look at this, you mentioned it earlier. You went to the pump and filled up your gas. Right. You notice I didn't say energy. No. Energy isn't listed in there because they lump it in with housing, right? And they lump it in with transportation. It's part of those two things. So, you know, the drivers of them, but the key is I I listed all those items that they build into that basket Mm -hmm. of consumer goods when they're measuring it, but actually housing makes up almost half of what they measure. So that's kind of the reason that CPI shouldn't necessarily be used for a measure of true inflation because it it is overly weighted to housing, which I don't think is necessarily the bad thing. I don't want to claim that I'm smarter than the folks who have created these measurements or that study this. But mm-hmm. it seems to me that, especially particularly here in Portland, where the housing market is out of control, right? Right. To use that as a measure of inflation just on housing, you know, if fifty percent, almost half of your your measurement is made up of uh, off something that has been you know going crazy over the last couple of years. Um, I think it's a little bit flawed, right? You can actually think about when you look at the measurements since 2000, and I have a chart here in front of me measuring it, since 2000, the the biggest increase, and so I want you to, you had me take a guess here, put me on the spot before, I'm going to put you here. What do you think over the last 20 years has gone up the most in price when we're talking about those those items um, that we- It's got to be housing. So it's not, surprisingly enough, it's medical Gosh. care. Oh, okay. Right, which you know right, logically makes, makes a lot of sense, right? Medical care, which makes up you know almost nine percent of that CPI, has gone up the the absolute most since two thousand. Now, housing second, right? It's up you know almost eighty percent in the last twenty years, but medical care is actually up more than a hundred. It's more than doubled the cost, right? Since two thousand, and that's another termite, another financial you know bug that's going to be eating into your retirement that people don't think about, right? So now we're double whammying it. Inflation, you know, as measured by CPI, but also inside of that is medical costs, right? So stuff in general is just going to cost more, but medical costs certainly cost more. Oof. So yeah, that's a lot. That, so the thing, that, so you, you, the the thing that comes up, right, in, in what people are probably saying now is, hey, Bo, you said you were going to try and help us feel better about it, everything. Yeah. Well, just to it. make everybody feel better, because I was uh, putting pulling a number out of my head, it'll make you feel better too. That future value calculation, I just threw that in there. So I think I was looking at a slightly higher number. So you were closer to your answer. So incorrect. But closer to 50,000 than 60. I think you said like 47. I said which, 47. Which is which close is, enough. Yeah, so much closer than credit, 60. But, you know, regardless, it's it's a big number to where it almost doubles, right? Yeah. So your, money, your money's going up. You know, the, sneaks up on you. The sneaks, yeah, it sneaks up on you. Exactly. You can use, for this is, you know, sort of off topic, but you can use the number, the rule of 72 is, is the concept. Yeah, I figured that's what you were using when you were taking a pause, but then I'm like, well, I don't think he wants a bunch of quiet time on the air, so no. he'll I, probably just guess. I was It was it was mostly a guess, although I was trying to do the math in my head, but, it, you know, I've, I failed yet again. But so the, the concept of what makes, you know, me feel less worried in the long term, inflation is always, like you said, it's been a thing. Uh, what makes me think we're not going back to the 70s because that's what people are worried about, right? They're worried about hyperinflation that we had, you know, with the gas shortages and the different things in the 70s. But over the last, in the 2010s, we call them the, you know, the 2010s or the teens, over the last 10 years or so, inflation is measured by CPI, the thing we just talked about with these medical costs and these housing costs that have gone crazy, was averaging about 1.5%, a little bit less, for the last 10 years. 
So if we're thinking, we usually use, like Matt said, two and a half to three percent as an estimate on inflation because we like to underpromise and overdeliver, right? I'd right. rather you be more prepared Absolutely. for increases yeah. in costs. So if the Fed, who I trust them about as far I, I use the, I tell this to clients all the time. I trust them about as far as I can throw them, and I'm a big strong guy, but not that strong, so I can't throw them very far. Hmm. But what they've said, their target is an average inflation rate of two and a half percent, right? So if we've spent the last ten years at one and a half, we need to have some years at four and a half or five to get back to average. So it's going to be mm-hmm. short term, maybe painful. You'll see some things you know happening, right? In terms of gas prices, right. you mentioned that. How about lumber prices? Yeah, lumber is uh, almost. Uh, Worth more nowadays than certain other commodities. Right, <laughs> you should have invested like, in lumber instead of you gold. You go on the we'll uh, internet and you can see uh, people posting funny, funny pictures of, "Hey, I'll pay you with this two by four because it's worth more <laughs> it's than you worth know. more than your dollar." Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. And so lumber costs. So, some of this stuff is going to um, stabilize a bit because it had to do with obviously the shutdowns, well, shutdowns and, and, and closures of borders. And, um, yeah, with the CPI, the way it reports, the way I understand it, is it reports month over month, year over year. So yep. it's you know, so this number that came in would have been April to April, uh, and so April of last year. I mean, the, we were uh, the entire world was shutting down. There was not quite much right. as much activity, and so March last month was a little bit higher, also, but mm-hmm. not as high. This might be the peak month, and maybe higher next month, and yeah. then slowly uh, kind of stabilize. But yeah, I think we're gonna see some inflation numbers. So the bigger question is, um, outside of it, you know, being the termite that maybe. Affects yeah. your income. Um, what other things does what do it affect? You do? Because yeah. what did we see in the markets when the numbers came in? What what, what happened that day in the markets? You know, it, it went, had, the markets it, lost it, some it, value, but yeah. it, it seemed to be pretty well priced in. It wasn't a yeah. huge reaction. I think it was anticipated, but yeah. but it dropped um, because you know it still spooked people because mm-hmm. it came in. Yeah, it's such a high number, and then you know, following days, it sort of digested it, yeah. and then it's back to its um, up and down as it, as as the market does. But um, it's important to also note that typically, when we see inflation inflation coming up, it one of the indicators is also interest rates potentially yeah. having to come up because mm-hmm. that's one way of to cool down the market, to cool, to down, cool the market. down the economy. Yeah, yeah. and so I, in anticipation of potential rates increases, that also spooked the market a tiny bit. So. Um, it's a lot about inflation we just talked about. Right. Well, it's a, it's an interesting thing, and the thing you know the the way that I'll end you know because we could take a break here yes. coming up, but the way that I'll end with the thought is like I said, I am not concerned personally. I'm not overly concerned with a hyperinflation situation. This is normal and necessary. I look at it like when we talk about healthy corrections in the stock market. Right. We need the economy to pick up, and the way that you combat it, in my experience, the way that you combat inflationary termites, right? Mm-hmm. The cost of living going up in retirement is you have to have some portion, at least some portion of your investable assets, your retirement assets allocated to stocks. Because some inflation is not bad for the markets. Or or allocated to two by fours. Or I'm two by or two or plywood. I mean that's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> plywood's like eighty dollars a, a square foot right now. It's crazy. No, but you basically what you're saying is you want to have little bit of growth in the portfolio. Yeah, you need to have growth, then, something that yeah. will keep up with inflation, with inflation right? Because otherwise, you're just you're yeah. spinning your wheels. The folks that say, "Hey, I'm going to live off this fixed income. I've got this pension, this pension only, or this thing." If it doesn't have yeah. cost of living increases, right? You can A lot really of them don't. You. And if they do, they're not really usually super high right. uh, priced. We'll see where Social Security comes in at because they're yeah. going to. You know, if, when they give uh, everybody, well, sometimes they don't, but usually they, they'll throw in an adjustment. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, hopefully it retract. tracks. Yeah, yeah, hopefully it does. 
that'd be nice for retirees. Yeah. So we'll have to see. So I think that's a good spot to take a break here. We're going to come back and like Matt said, we're going to talk some, you know, compound interest on the positive side rather than compounding on the negative side. We've got some items, you know, some questions that have come in from listeners. If you have a question, something that's been bugging you, I can assure you that it's been bugging someone else. So send it in to askbo at pfgwm.com or visit our website, pricefg.com, or you can shoot us a, a note on investing simplified radio. We'd love to hear from you until we can get back to taking your calls live on air. We want to make sure we're bringing you content that's applicable to you. This is Investing Simplified, and we'll be right back. Leaving an employer can be stressful and overwhelming, but once the dust settles and you're at a new job or perhaps retired, it is important to consider your options for that retirement plan left behind. If this situation applies and you would like to hear more about options available for 401k, 403b, or other retirement account rollovers, please give our office a call at 503-253-3000 to schedule a complimentary consultation with someone on the team to go over your specific and individual situation. We will take the time to get to know you, your goals, and let you know what the best course of action is for you and your family. We do investing simplified. You're listening to Investing Simplified. Now, back to Bo Caldwell. Welcome back to Investing Simplified. If you're just now joining us, thanks for again for making us a part of your day. If you've been with us since the first segment, we really, really appreciate it as we've been talking about financial termites that might be eating into your retirement plans. If you feel like you have some of those and you haven't really analyzed it, what in my experience, the best way to combat that is to get a financial plan done. Have something where you can look at and see that roadmap to get you to your financial goals, which we do as a complimentary service to all of our radio listeners. So give us a call, 503 503- 253-3000. Sit down with a member of our team. All it costs you is maybe an hour of your time. It's a little bit of time, a little bit of effort for you to get that info together. And then you get a free professional second opinion that lays out that roadmap for you and help analyze those financial termites. We're going to talk more later today. There's some some other termites that I've you know been coming up that I've noticed that some people have in their portfolios that they don't realize. There's different pitfalls, you know, in terms of your retirement planning that we've seen. But one of the things I want to talk about, you know, the pitfall that I see the most often, and it has to do with the other side of we talked about compounding the wrong way with inflation, you know, compound inflation where things get more expensive, but talking about not utilizing the most powerful piece of retirement planning of investing, which is compound interest. And you'll hear Dave Ramsey talks about it on the radio all the time the power of compound interest. And while I could have an argument with Dave on, you know, what he says you can get as returns in the market, because I've yet to see the supposed compound returns that he gets anywhere. But the concept is the same. The thing that I see the most often, and the argument that is made when I talk to folks, when they find out what I do, they find out that we run this show that we do give financial advice is they say, Oh, well, you know, I I can't afford to contribute to my retirement plan. You've probably heard that a lot, Matt, where they say, you yeah. know, I, I'm spending all the, do- you know, the dollars I have coming in, I, I have expenses, I, I can't afford to save for retirement. And the, the argument that you say, when you say that, it, it falls on deaf ears to me, A, because you most work retirement plans have some sort of a match. That's free money that you've yeah. got to get. You got to. So they, that. you know, that's irrespective of anything else in the world, get that free money. But the thing that you're missing out on as well, when you say, well, I'll start because the, the 
the follow up to the I don't have I can't afford it right now is I'll be able to start when I'm 35, right? I'll be able to start when I'm in my 40s. That's when I'll start saving for retirement, which is even I I would argue that's an even bigger termite than inflation. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because the longer you wait to start, the more likely you are to keep kicking the can down the road, but you're also going to have other expenses come up, right? You might have kids, you might have a mortgage, you might have this, you might have that, more excuses. Well, you know, and, we talk to Kevin about it all the time, that, yeah. that the, the concept that you're going to save more, when you, when people get a raise, they don't save more. Generally speaking, they spend more, right? They spend yeah, what they make. It's that's a true. common American yeah, problem. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, and if you think about it, you know, let's just say, you know, because I was playing with the calculator earlier, and so let's say $100, you know, $100, you know, it can be a lot of money. But if you think about, you know, what are things out there that maybe you could uh, sacrifice, you know, whether it be a coffee or maybe it's a lunch that you might have just brown bagged a couple of days a week or a dinner that you prepared, um, you know, different things mm-hmm. that you could spend money on. So if you were to set aside $100 a month into an account in a Roth IRA, as an example, because then you can get, you know, tax deferred and then uh, growth. And then when you pull money out, it wouldn't be taxable. Then that $100, um, the way you can look at it is, hey, if I did that, what would it be valued in the future? Um, And so I was looking at calculations of Mm -hmm, figuring, okay, mm -hmm. if if let's say you did that for 20 years. Okay. So um, 20 years is 240 months. And, um, you know, most people would agree that S&P has averaged some around 7% over time, right? Mm-hmm. So ups and downs. So if you average that rate um, and you put in $100, and for the sake of the, this, I said let's let's start with $1,000. You, you've, you've got 1000 bucks to start okay. because normally if you want to invest, you want to have a little bit of a sure. principal. So after that period of time, so you have 240 months out of 100 bucks plus the 1000 so your principal amount is $25,000. So I'll give you that, Bo. Hopefully you don't have your calculator out. No, no. But so um, twenty five thousand dollars, my principal. Okay. Yeah. So much interest, and what would the total maturity value be at, you know, twenty years later? What do you think? So I've got twenty twenty four thousand dollars. I'm just saying, putting a thousand bucks and then a hundred bucks a month. A thousand bucks into start, and then a hundred bucks a month over the twenty years. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, let's say let's say forty five thousand. It's a little bit more. Okay. It's a little bit more. So it is actually $56,435.28. Yeah, not bad. So you actually would have earned um, $31,000 in interest, which is more than the principal amount. Yeah. And just because we're nerds, if we were to put $100 into an account and didn't add a single dime to it, but that grew at 7%, in 20 years, that same, you know, and this could be rule of 72, uh, $403. So four times your money. So... Each dollar you're able to stash away could be worth as much as $4 in the future. Right. Well, and the thing to think about... Which is crazy. You know, that, that's the math portion of it because yeah. people think about money and they think it's money is math, right? They think math should just yeah. work out. But money doesn't actually operate like ma- in that way when you're talking about compound interest, right? Mm-hmm. Because people think, well, interest rates are so low. That's true, but it's compounding. So it actually moves very similar to... You know, a, a parabola, which people can't see. You can see me because we're in the studio together, but I'm... Doing like a wave motion. Doing a wave motion because the dollar that you add, you know, at the end doesn't get nearly as much juice on it as the dollar you add at the beginning because it's adding to all the other dollars and it's, all of uh, the... That whole analogy, one of our 
clients when you use when you know you got your dollars making baby dollars that are then making more baby dollars so all of the dollars are working for you right so yeah. you've got multiples that are you know every single penny that gets squeezed out and and, and, and it kind of compounds on itself right. which adds to the factor so let's say you're at a coffee establishment uh, it doesn't matter which one because they are all pretty expensive and you spend five dollars on a cup of coffee well now when you're about to drink that cup of coffee you think okay well would I rather spend five dollars today or put it aside and have twenty bucks in the future sixteen dollars in the future right. no twenty dollars that's right twenty dollars yeah. five times four yeah conceivably but it's the earlier yeah. you start the, the, yeah. the point of it all is to the earlier that you start and start stashing money away and that's irrespective of the the other benefits that come from having Absolutely. a Roth IRA or, or a, yeah. a traditional IRA right but that's just pure saving dollars right and this is for you know i would say you know a lot of this hopefully will appeal to our younger listeners too but if you're middle age or older it's never too late to save right because if you're let's say 50 and you you've got some savings but you feel like you're behind a, behind a little bit mm-hmm. um you know don't wait any longer start putting money aside Right. And, and, and it'll do the same, you know, compounding. It'll just be a shorter time frame. But, hey, you don't want to keep waiting till you're 55 or 60. It's just like, oh, man, right. I'm just going to work till I'm 80 years old. You know, if you've got the ability to, you know, create a budget and you mm-hmm. can squeeze out a few dollars from the budget, I think it's, you know, obviously. Well, small idea. things add up. Yeah, you know, you do. don't realize how much that adds up. But even from a budgeting standpoint... I think you know it. It would behoove you to come in and meet with somebody on our team to get a get a plan done, and Matt can show you exactly how much just little things here and there can really add yeah. up over time, right? And it's adding up the 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 investment plan, you know, the four hundred one ks that you're doing, and all the other all the other different things that you could be working on there to help save for retirement. But you know, the the thing that people may ask too, and I mentioned it before. We talk about what's a reasonable rate, you know, right. to expect, and we can't tell you what we unfortunately are, or fortunately or unfortunately, we are licensed and we are registered with the SEC. We are, you know, we have disclosures and we cannot promise you rates. I can't be Dave Ramsey saying you can get ten, twelve yeah. percent in a mutual fund, which you probably can't, not on a year-over-year basis. There are some that may do it, but so we can't tell you exactly what kind of rates you could get in the market because it depends on your individual situation but we can give you a guesstimate you know a, 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 a reasonable expectation of what you can expect in the market you can look at the S&P historically averages you know eight or nine percent a year you can look at um, you know the Dow averages five or six percent a year the NASDAQ averages higher right or you can talk about fixed rates right which you know a lot of people are CD buyers they like CDs right because you like the the safety right. you like the backup of the FDIC insurance but you've had to kind of give up um, returns, right? Because the interest has been quite poor, but we've been noticing rates have been ticking up, at least on our side on the on the fixed buckets, and you know they can be pretty attractive. Yeah, yeah, they can be. And you know, I I would say if you had a choice between, you know, saving in a fixed bucket or saving in some sort of a growth bucket, as long as you're saving, it's okay. So some people will be a little more conservative because they don't like to have volatility, or maybe, you know, maybe they don't need to take on risk. I had um, a conversation with. With a listener, uh, oh, this has been within the last month, and uh, she has uh, funds that that are coming in mm-hmm. from a sale of a property, and you know, initially we were talking about what do we do because she wants to kind of in a way replace obviously the rental income she was getting from the property, but when she did the math, um, the rental income 
after all expenses paid wasn't really as high as we as she, she thought. thought. Yeah. yeah, cash flow it was, but the actual exactly. Yeah. And so, so she, you know, and and in, in addition to that, she's a little older, and she definitely did not want to take an, any risk. And so we talked about some fixed rates, and this isn't to say that everyone should do that because every situation is different. It should be you know reviewed. But we did some planning. We looked at different alternative options. And uh, some of her money will likely go into a fixed option that then she knows will be X on you yeah. know, annual basis. It, and it fills the gap that she was looking for mo- for the most part. But she knows what she's getting. Yeah, know? so you're not having to deal. Because you do have to give. There is a give up, right? When you're yeah. talking about if you want safety, if you want um, you know, protection of principle, preservation of your principle, you may have to give up that potential upside, right? Because the, you could put the money in the market. I mean, you know, for Pete's sake, you could put the money, go to the roulette table and put it all in black. That's a 100% possible return mm-hmm. along with a 100% possible loss, right? Or you can put money in the stock market. And like I said, we are big believers in the market for a portion of your money, but you have to be willing to ride the downswings in the, in yeah. the roller coaster, right? Well, even in my example that we were just talking, yeah. you know, uh, 7% as a number. Uh, that's just a number I pull out of my hair. Not saying that you can't, you cannot get that. So mm-hmm. it goes without saying, but you know, uh, that's an average too, right? right? You'll have some good years, some bad years, you know, for the compounding example, let's just pretend we have a 7% CD even that would be nice. Um, but those don't exist. So for higher returns, you have to take on risk and have a little bit of volatility, but as long as it's a, you know, you want to manage that with a, with a strategy where, you have some of that, but then you have some some simpler maybe or maybe more conservative options within your portfolio, depending on where you are in life. Yeah. Well, so, it, you know, if you're rate shopping, if you want to know what rates are out there, like I said, we, you know, we do, the show is live on, you know, on the radio, but we also do have um, replays that are playing. So I can't quote a rate right now, but if you do want to get a rate or see, hey, I have $100,000, I have $50,000 that's just not been earning enough, and I want to see what kind of fixed rate I can get, give our office a call, 503-253-3000, and let us shop that for you. It applies, you know, really to any sort of situation. If you're looking for a fixed bucket, you think, hey, I just yeah, want just some safety. Park some money. Park I some would money. say you want to have at least a three-year time horizon. That's where rates are decent. Right. Um, and so if you're okay with with that term, then give us a call. And we can take a look what's up and, and about. And maybe with these inflation numbers, posting um depending on what where the feds decide to go uh, we may see further upticks so it's always worth the you know a call and check right worth the call and check or if you'd like your portfolio reviewed for those financial termites you haven't done a financial plan any and all of the above we do as a complimentary service to you our listener we really appreciate you tuning in and, and and being here with us we will meet you virtually via zoom or over the phone or we're happy to sit down i think our whole team um is all the all the te- the advisors are all fully vaccinated we are you know we're here to keep you safe but we are happy to meet in person if that's something you are comfortable with we're also happy to do it virtual so give us a call 503-253-3000 we'll be right back with more investing simplified when planning for income and retirement there's a lot to consider between managing the budget that fits the family trying to figure out from where to draw your income or balancing the tax ramifications of withdrawals moving into retirement can be overwhelming At Price Financial Group, we help clients work to create a sustainable retirement roadmap, addressing these concerns and more, and helping folks feel confident in their future retirement income. 
right when they need it most. If you'd like a financial plan tailored just for you, please don't hesitate and call our office today at 503-253-3000 or text REVIEW to 484848 to set up your complimentary consultation. Price Financial Group offers investment advisory services through CWM LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. We do investing simplified. You're listening to Investing Simplified. Now, back to Bo Caldwell. Welcome back to Investing Simplified. If you're just now joining us, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate when folks send in questions that may be applicable to you. You may think that they're not applicable to other folks, but I promise you, if you're worried about it, if it's something that has been bugging you, it's something that's been bugging other people as well, right? And you know, we've been talking a little bit today, Matt, about speaking of bugs and bugging. <laughs> so we've been talking termites. about termites that you know eat into your retirement plans and one of those that you know people don't really think about is when you have smaller accounts or accounts that you just kind of forget about and you don't pay attention to. We we talk all the time about you know when you're investing you want to be prepared for the long haul. We want to build out a portfolio that is, you know, you are prepared to ride the type of roller coaster it is, but that doesn't mean you just stick your head in the sand and stop looking at it. Right. Right. We often tell folks, you know, don't look at it every day. Look, check it once every couple of weeks, check it, you know, once a month or a quarter. But we come across people all the time, all the time that have a four, you know, they've moved, you know, the, the days, you know, really uh, of people working at, at one company for, you know, 40 or 50 years have kind of gone by the way. So a lot of times people are at least right. a couple times before they finalize what their career is. But a lot of those companies we mentioned have, have good benefit plans and they have 401ks that you contribute to, to get the match. Or sometimes, you know, we have a client, we were just talking, she's coming in next week. She's got, you know, a couple thousand dollars in a 401k, you know, it's actually a 403b plan, but that her, the company she worked for, um, she was getting ready to leave, but they had comped her something she didn't put the money in. She just found out that it was there. So yeah, she didn't even go. know it was there. Yeah. And you know, it's several thousand dollars that you didn't even know was there. We call those orphaned 401ks right. or orphaned um, retirement plans. And one thing you may not know, I know you know this, but you know, the listener may Maybe not I know. Maybe I don't. Is that you know, there are fees inside of a 401k. Oh, now, yeah. The actual 401k fee itself They've done a really good job of lowering those and taking those down, but those are subsidized but still there. based on your assets being there. Mm-hmm. And if they're you're paying a fee and nothing's being managed about it, yeah. that seems kind of silly. And I think that's one of the per- misperceptions out there is that you have a 401k plan and a lot of people say, oh yeah, my company's managing it. Well, they're not. They're not. Unless they're not. you have unless you have one of the new managed 401ks, yeah, which, which we were going to touch yeah. on that a little bit. So we've seen um, more of those happening where, where a company will have a 401k plan offering to their employees and then the company that's running the funds or whatever, mm-hmm. they'll approach the participants and say, hey, if you want us to actively you know, manage these accounts, there'll be a fee of X mm-hmm. to do that. So that we've seen that. So unless you're having one of those done, um, you know, then at least you're getting the value of perhaps the management. I would still um, question it and my question to them would be outside of the rebalancing of the retirement yeah. account, what other value are you? What providing? am I getting from that? Fee? Because I think, um, I think that the cost of management of accounts, you know, 
is what what should be included in this planning is I guess what what I'm yeah. getting at because yeah. for someone to say hey I'm a growth investor just manage it to, towards growth is one thing but if you don't know if that's truly what your plan calls for you may be on, taking on too much risk hype you know as an example the other thing with these orphan 401k plans is it could be good or bad meaning it could be good because you set it and forget it and it's grown right, and it's right. you know uh, maybe a couple hundred dollars turned into a couple thousand but it could also be the other side where maybe it could be in a stable value fund yeah, or it could be just in money market and cash and you collecting about dust it. and then you know you don't know it so if you're maybe you know last year was pretty rough if you lost the job and you were there for a while it's worth exploring um seeing hey what does it look like should i uh should i approach right. and r- rolling it over and and you know looking at those financial termites and making sure that you know you allocate it properly does it make sense to keep it there does it make sense to roll it over to an ira and have it managed and looked after yeah and you know it, it, like you said the, the key word there is explore what your options are because right. most folks don't understand that you have options and one of them is leaving it there in that 401k plan yeah. and, and that is oftentimes the right call but as long mm-hmm. as you have you go through your options and know what it is. Now, one of the things that could happen, and you may or may not realize this, and this is something that is relatively new, but what's happening, a lot of plans, and actually Fidelity, um, which manages a lot of retirement plans for companies here around town and you know all over, but they started a new program, which is a managed 401k plan. So normally, you think about a 401k is you get to participate. The company, you know, matches you. There is maybe an administrative fee, which are, tend to be pretty low anymore, right? Those are tend to be maybe a hundred dollars a year that you're paying, sure. you know, to have the account there, something like that. But now there's a new uh, there's a new option that companies are auto enrolling their their employees in to a managed four hundred one k program, and not like you said, not that there's anything wrong with right. they may have good management, they may have good. Um, you know, portfolios, they're doing a good job making you a growth investor. But if you're paying one, one and a half percent management fee, plus the cost of the funds inside of there, are you getting planning? And, you know, the pushback that I hear oftentimes, people will say, well, yeah, I'm getting some planning, right? I, I have, I go on there and I have my online calculator. It's, yeah. it's got the green line that shows me where I'm getting to retirement. That's what, that's what you do, right? Right. Or, or you have an 800 number you can call and hey, there's right. somebody I can talk to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the calculators there use, um, you know, they're, they're fine for simple calculations, but you know, the, <laughs> a lot more goes into our calculations here, right? Yeah. Um, we use, um, Monte Carlo. We've talked about this too before. So when we do our planning through the software we use, it does Monte Carlo simulations where it looks at good things that are happening in the market, bad markets, and everything in between to see the probability and the likelihood of you achieving your goals. So that is one item of our planning tool that comes up. The second thing that um, people like, and it's very much um, visually you can see, is cash flow. So the calculation of cash flow. So when we run a projection, it will tell us exactly how much money will come out of your accounts at a certain age, how much should be set aside for taxes and all of that with certain assumptions we take, of right. course. Right, it's always based on assumptions because yeah. things will change, they as will we change. all know, right? But you can get pretty um, pretty close to that. But but at the same time, you, you get a full report that shows you, okay, this year you got to have $2,600 out of this account. Next year you've got this, and then accounts for inflation. So when we do a plan... And I, I chatted with a few folks this week about it is we take in all of the inputs and the more data, the better. You know, the calculators online usually will say, how much do you have? Mm-hmm. How much are you contributing? 
And what rate of return would you like to assume? And that's basically what I used a moment ago when we had a yeah. previous segment when we talked about power of compounding. It just compounds and shows you the... But it shows you average rate. It like does. Like you mentioned that in this... Or, you, or sometimes it asks you to put in the average right. rate. Uh, right. What's your expectation? Right. Yeah. But what, what it doesn't tell you is how are you going to get there? What's the gyration? What's the volatility over time? It also doesn't tell you the risk you're taking because right. it doesn't know. It just says, oh, you said 7%, so here's the calculation. So it's okay if you're trying to just get a rough estimation and projection. Right. But if you want something of true value and specific to you, this is when you want to engage with, with, with a firm like ours. Give us a call and we can sit down and... Yeah, and, and, and it's important to note way. we can help on the 401k side as well. A lot yes. of the, you know, the misconception is if you have an advisor, you have to have money with them in an IRA or you have to have millions of dollars in investment accounts. We're, you know, we're the type of firm that we're here as a fiduciary for you. We are, we will help to manage that 401k plan. We'll help to manage your goals, everything with a dollar sign in your life. We want to help give you advice on, we want to help make sure that you are planning it out properly. You know, you mentioned the, the calculator and the average return. So I wanted, I wanted to bring that up to talk about average returns just from a math standpoint, because yeah. A, like you said, there are gyrations in the market, but there's B, there's there's a really big, really big financial termite that people don't think about, and that's the sequence of returns, right? Because mm-hmm. if you think about an average return, right? So if we if we looked at it and said, okay, well, you know, if you did your average return is, you know, we need an average return of seven percent, like you said, to, and that's what you're sure. putting in the calculator. What if your first year was down you know, your first year is down, you know, 10%. Right. Okay. And your second year is up 15%. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, an average return. That's an average return of, you know, I, I came to the math on top of my head, but you started with $100,000. Now you're down to 90. And then you went up, even if you just did 10 and 10, because that's an average return of zero. Easier math in my brain. So right. $100,000, you, you went down 10%. Now you're, now you're up 10% the second year. Your average return was zero. But your actual return was negative one percent, right? Because you yeah. only have ninety nine thousand, and so that gets when you expand the numbers. And if you're better at math in your head than me, yeah. you actually get you can really see where that can really hurt you because they're assuming in those calculators an average return of seven percent compounded every year. So that means you're getting seven percent every year to get to those numbers that they're putting out on that green line that Fidelity does or ING does, right? And that's, th- th- that's why it really behooves you to work with a fiduciary firm that will give you that whole picture, not just the average return, because yeah. that's one part of what we do, right? Very, very small one part, because then think about this. You've got Social Security you got to account for, right? And you got to inflate and add that to your pie. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have a pension. Maybe there's some sort of an other expense. So when we're talking about planning, we want to talk about all of it, yeah. not just the one income stream or the one retirement account you have. Um as you said, we, as a fiduciary, we want to do what's best for you and for your. So not always do we say, "Hey, we got to roll over this four hundred one k." If it makes sense, we do. But if it's sitting out there, let's say at an employer, we'll still put in the data to f- track it to yeah. make sure we understand and how much risk y- you're taking globally. And yeah, totally. Yeah. You want how much it how fits into your entire exactly. plan. And the other thing is, if you're at a plan that has the option, that we are able to help you manage that, actively help you manage that as well, right? So if that's something you'd like to explore, like to look into what the value of having a fiduciary firm is, give us a call, 503 
253-3000. We'll always go over all of your options, tell you the pros and cons, because there, there is no silver bullet. That's the number one thing, right? There is no perfect situation. There's pros and cons to all different pieces. And the key is making sure that you are informed about your money, informed about your options, and informed about your plans, right? So give us a call or shoot us an email or visit our website at pricefg.com. We're happy to talk about that stuff. You, you mentioned, Matt, you know, the, the other pieces that go into it, whether it's social security, it's inflation. We talk about all the termites and look at all those things that may be, you know, getting in your way of, of enjoying the retirement or enjoying the, you know, the financial future that you're really looking for. Right. One thing that has, you know, kind of gone by the wayside a little bit, but there's still a good amount of them out there are pension plans. Yeah. Not quite as many, um, but there are still pensions out there. Uh, typically it's for people that have you know, stuck with an employer. Yeah, for been a long with time. somewhere, but you know, we had the biggest, the big one we have around here, right, is PERS, right? So PERS is a big pension plan we have around here. But the, a lot of the hospital systems here, Boeing does. Boeing, they up, have a up pension. North, yep, and, you know, pensions. a lot of people think, well, yeah. I have a pension, you know, and I dealt with this. My stepfather, we dealt with this when we went through, you know, his planning, and the pension was a huge part of why he was able to retire. And it's right. huge, it can be really great. That pension can be a huge part of you know replacing some income or a lot, sometimes all of your income. But there are some caveats in there, right? When you Stuff there are some about. things to think about yeah. when you look in there. So, what are some you? I know you've been you've met with a couple of folks, you know, some listeners yeah. who have pensions that have kind of wanted a second opinion on it. What are some of the things you've been talking to them about? I think top of mind, um, it may not be always something that people think about is um, the uh, the fact that when you have a pension and you once you opt in for the life income or joint life income. Mm-hmm you're sort of stuck with that decision. So it's kind of like social security. There's not a lump sum social security payment where you can just take all your money. Hey, here's your bucket. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a payment stream with the pension. If you'd go for, let's say a life income, that means, Hey, you're getting, let's say a thousand dollars a month for the rest of your life. But if you die tomorrow, it's gone. Yeah. It's done. Your family's SOL. Um, if it's a, if it's a joint income, you know, then the spouse takes over. But again, it's all based on, you know, the pension companies. What they do is they hire or not the companies themselves, the pension plans have actuaries that do the math of how long should, you know, are people going to live? And based on those, they come up with the rates of how should they should pay mm-hmm. things out to mm-hmm. make sure that they're secure and they're not overpaying. Um, and so if you don't live very long, right? there's this. Now, most pension also offer a lump sum, right? Mm-hmm. Or I wouldn't say most, a lot of them do. Um, and, and so then the question is, do you take the income or do you take a lump sum and then what you could do is you could do a rollover into an IRA, and then you've got control of that principal amount. Right. So that's one thing that comes up. Um, and so once you have the, you know, if you were to do the rollover, well, do, what do I do with it then? Right. So is it important for you to have a liquid bucket that you can access and kind of take at your discretion or grow uh, for the next generation? Maybe you don't need the income right off the bat, or is it better to for you to not have that bucket because maybe you'll you're a spender and you'll yeah, spend it? Yeah. And it's better to just have that fixed income for life because then you know, hey, this is coming in, you know. And as you said in the previous segment, a lot of them don't have any sort of adjustments for inflation, right? Um, so it, it then it's a flat amount that then sort of gets lower each year due to that inflation we just talked about. Yeah, because you're losing purchasing power, right? Yeah. And you know, one thing that the biggest part of a pension and the best part of a pension is that guaranteed income, right? For life or for joint life, it, it is huge. But what a lot of people don't realize is there are just as good, if not better options out there that you don't have to give up principal control. That's the thing that I don't like what you just said in there is, okay, so 
I, I'm going to plan on, you know, I'm going to get five, you know, five and a half percent, you know, usually that's a good rule of thumb is usually what pensions are paying right now with right. interest rates where they are. They're going to pay five percent on your, on your lump sum amount. Yeah. Let's say the so you've got to live 20 years before yeah. you start to win, win quote unquote win. And win because you've taken enough to account for the principal. So if you've worked summer for a while, you know, it's not crazy to get 200,000, mm-hmm, 300,000 sure. is the lump amount, right? Lump sum. So if you have 200,000, 5% of that is $10,000 yep. a year. Okay, yep. I did the math. <laughs> so you have $10,000 a year, as you said, then how long do you have to collect that? Um, to 20 break years, even. 20, 20 years. That's yeah. a long time. To break even and start quote unquote uh, winning. It's right. A- and winning as in you're getting more yeah. out of it than what you would have received in the lump sum. But that also assumes that lump sum, if you were to roll it over, doesn't grow at all. Right. Right. If you've got growth and you're kind of getting ahead, um, and there are products out there that can also provide you with potentially better options because all a pension is is an annuity. Right. Right. Also, also security is right. Yeah, yeah. and that's also security is. So does you know? Let's say we're not going to pick on any particular company. So let's say pe- company X has a pension plan. Who says that their pension plan internally has the best, you know? Options. Well, they're, options. they're out there buying right? insurance contracts. They try. Yeah. I'm sure they review things. You yeah. know, they want to keep benefits competitive to their uh, to all their participants. But you know, there's so many options out there, and things change. Maybe they're not ahead of. So, if you were perhaps unfortunately laid off, or you are getting close to retirement, and you have mm-hmm. a pension, that is another big aspect. on when we do planning, uh, plugging that into seeing, okay, does it make sense to do the income? Does it make sense to do a lump sum, or does it do, make sense to do something else and wait? Well, um, the, yeah, the key is, and there's, you know, considerations to think about, right? One, how strong financially is the company that has, because they're too. backing up that yeah. pension plan, right? Or, you know, does it behoove you to look elsewhere? What is that payout rate? And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're single, you don't have any kids, you don't want to leave a legacy, then yeah, let's maximize that payout, right? Let's get you the highest payout. But oftentimes that it's could be found a better lifetime payout somewhere other than from the pension plan, Right. right? Um, number three is that liquidity factor. You said, what happens if, you know, you mentioned you pass, you don't live 20 years, right? You don't live long enough to break even. What happens if you are confined to a nursing home right, and or you you're disabled yeah. or you need, and, or you just have medical costs and need more money. If you don't have principal Cannot access, access it, yeah. uh, sure. you know, I, I can't tell you, I, there, it makes me really sad yeah. when I've had folks that have come in for, to review their you know financial situation, unfortunately, before they met with someone like us, they retired and turned on the pension. And then they said, well, I, but I, I, I need extra money. And I know I'm talking doom and gloom, scary talk, but what about funsies? What about, you know, the world's opening back up and you want to take the grandkids to Disney World? Yeah, and you want to spend a little more. That's actually something that, I, you know, I was thinking about too, is if, if we're talking about getting the same payment each month, well, what if... During, let's say it's still 20 years of retirement or yeah. during the first 10, you want to spend more. And then during the second part, you want to spend less because you're going to be more homebound, you know? Yeah. It gives you that flexibility and a choice. Um, typically, uh, you know, I would say that, yeah, the liqu- liquidity of it is is a big, big one. Um, a lot of st- times the state and the federal pensions are mm-hmm. tough because they usually have um, cost of living adjustments. Um, but yeah. there's still, you know... It depends. Well, it depends. It, well, depends. Like you said, it depends because there's more pieces than just 
how much money you want to have. And the key that yeah. you know that you should be hearing us, folks, you know, as as we get ready to to, to sign off for the for the day. But the key is to have a second opinion to just take a look at it yeah. and shop your options. Because worst case is then you looked out there and there's nothing better. Like you said, that you know some yeah. of those government pensions are are pretty spectacular. Yeah, like I mean, you know, some people talk about PERS like the first tier. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, tier um, one is pretty spectacular from a. From yeah, a spectac- that, that one may be, be tough, but again. Does it mean you don't look at options? I still would. And why? Because maybe you want that liquidity. Maybe you want it to have, you know, a value. Maybe uh, you have saved a ton of other money and you're going to be okay for for the rest of your life and you don't need the income. So then you do a lump sum, then you can leave that lump sum to the next of kin. Right. Um, Or, you know, conceivably, you mentioned if you've done well and maybe you're turning on Social Security, you have some money saved up and you want to defer that pension. Most of those company pensions don't keep growing after you stop working. Right. Whereas if you build your own, a homemade pension, That's you could, it could keep growing. Excellent point, Bo. You working. brought that up. Because if, let's say, this pension, let's say you worked for, I don't know, uh, Hewlett Packard. I think they've had a pension. And you left like 10 years ago and you have a pension behind that. Pension may not be growing anymore. The benefit usually doesn't continue to accrue. So that would be another one where you want to, you Just know, explore those orphan, orphan pensions. Those orphan situations. Absolutely. So if you've, if, they, you know, if you've got an orphan pension, if you've got... Orphan 401ks, you know, for Pete's sake, if you just want to take a look at a financial plan, you've never sat down with a planner before and you want to know what are my outlooks, what what do things look like? You know, we have a lot of people that deferred retirement. They are planning on retiring in 2020 and they deferred it because of what happened with COVID and what happened with the markets. If you want to take a second look at your retirement plan, at your financial planning, and you want to do it with a fiduciary firm that will always put your interests first, give us a call, 503 253 3000 and there is no cost no obligation it's something we do as a complimentary service to our listeners we'd love to speak to you we'd love to hear your questions we really appreciate you tuning in and feedback please good or bad we welcome that if you're a listener to the show we want to be bringing you content that is applicable to you thank you so much for tuning in today i hope you all have a wonderful and safe weekend and enjoy some of that sunshine soak up that vitamin d we appreciate you tuning in we'll be back next week with more investing simplified Opinions voiced in Investing Simplified with Bo Caldwell are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial or tax advisor prior to investing. Investors cannot invest directly in indexes. The performance of any index is not indicative of the performance of any investment and does not take into account the effects of inflation and the fees and expenses associated with investing. Guests on Investing Simplified are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor.
Kevin Stagey, shareholder with Baker & Colson Certified Public Accountants, serving the Portland and Southwest Washington areas for almost 40 years. We are a full-service accounting and consulting firm, offering our services to a wide range of business and individual clients. One of the largest expenses to a household or a business is its tax burden. While off-the-shelf tax products can help file simple returns, they can't know your plans for the future and not only provide insight and planning to help you get there, but actually help you along the way. There are just some things that can't be replaced by experience. Whether you are just beginning your working career or have a well-established business with many employees, rely on the professionals at Baker & Colson to help in an efficient, accurate, and personalized manner. We're located at 2414 Northeast Division in Gresham and can be reached at our website at bakercolson.com or 503-666-5569. That's bakercolson.com. 503-666-5569. And remember, at Baker & Colson, our service is the product our clients remember most.